Hello, welcome to Graphic Policy Radio. This is your host, Elon Levin, and this is a comics podcast. This is the comics podcast for folks who know that Wonder Woman was created expressly to be a feminist superhero. And as a feminist superhero, of course she embraces trans women among her Amazonian sisters. Joining me today happens to be someone who is writing about Wonder Woman's world right now. It is Stephanie Williams. Stephanie is a comic book historian and pop culture critic who has written for notable publications such as Sci-Fi Fangirls, Marvel, AV Club, Nerdist, Den of Geek, and Rotten Tomatoes. Stephanie is also a comic book creator with three ongoing webcomics, Parenthood Activate, But What If Though, and Living Heroes. It's probably the wrong key for that living single theme song, I realize now. Uh, I'm like... Uh, in a 90s kind of world, I'm glad I've got my fan comics. Um, yes. She wrote a short story featuring Monica Rambeau in Marvel Voices Legacy, and she is currently co-writing the Nubia and the Amazon series for DC Comics. Welcome back. Hey, I'm so happy to be back. When we had you on the show, I mean, not quite, it was not quite a year ago, but like a while back, I, I heard about this I heard that you'd be working on a Wonder Woman related project. And then I heard it was going to be Nubia. And I said, like, look, it's probably going to be less than a year when this comes out, but you need to come back on right away when you can. So thank you uh, for joining us again on that. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to like finally be able to talk about the thing. um, Because wow, does that suck to work on something for like months and you can't talk too much about it because the first issue isn't even out yet. Yeah, but the the teasers for that were just, they built up so much interest, you know? I, yeah. Um, I, I, I think I mentioned in our conversation, but for listeners, who, listeners, go and listen to our conversation that, that Steph Williams and I had a while back, because it was great. And you can hear all about her origins in comic writing and working with her connection with Monica Rambeau. And we talked a lot about, like, loving old comics and... Mm-hmm how that gets complicated when you're a person of color or queer or both. Um, yeah. Uh, but, um, but one of the things I said is that like, I remember retweeting um, just the picture of the Nubia issue one cover and people who I know who like, don't know Wonder Woman lore at all. And aren't particularly comics people were like, who is she? That looks exciting. And how like, that's such a great response to get from the general public for like the smallest amount of teaser for an upcoming book. Absolutely. I mean, that's what you want. Um, Because we were actually just talking about that not too long ago um, in a meeting for Trial of the Amazons and just kind of like what to tease and the fact that this is like the first uh, Wonder Woman Woman event in decades. And I'm sorry, uh, Attack of the Amazons does not count because like that's not a crossover. It was just the one book. So, uh, mm, or so series, I should say, but right, um, yeah, but like wet to tease and some really fun stuff, um, that I'm looking forward to like putting out on the internet because that's exactly what you want. Like, you want folks to, um, just see it visually and then from there say, All right, I, I need more. So, for listeners who don't know, uh, why is Nubia such an important character? So Nubia is an important character because uh, she's an Amazon. She's not just any Amazon. Um, she's an Amazon that once upon a time ago uh, was Wonder Woman's twin sister. Um, I say once upon a time ago because that origin has changed um, uh, with the reintrodu- reintroduction of Nubia and uh, Nubia and the Amazons. But 
Um, she is Wonder Woman's long lost uh, twin sister who shows up one day uh, on Themyscira to like just challenge Diana for the crown of Wonder Woman. Um, and she pretty much succeeds, but ends up not being able to uh, take that crown because uh, Mars intercedes and it's all this drama. But uh, Nubia is uh, like any Amazon on that, like Hippolyta, Philippus, she's right up there and a key member of like who you should know when it comes to uh, Wonder Woman's world. And when was she introduced originally, the character? I want to say 1973. Yeah, like... I, it's just so striking and exciting to me. Like you have this page that's clearly from a seventies comic and there's a black woman in a wonder woman outfit. And she's like, hi, I'm wonder woman. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Nubia. And you're like, this is amazing. Yes. Uh, it's a really iconic moment. And like one that I definitely kept in mind while um, just trying to work on Nubia's character and make her a little, way more realized <laughs> that she's been able to be um, over the years. Cause she hasn't, been around so yeah I, I thought like you know for someone to it takes a hell of a lot of confidence um and just gumption to show up and challenge someone on their home field <laughs> and, and do so that isn't necessarily disrespectful but uh she meant business so uh I was like, yeah, I have to keep that in mind while writing her because that's something that I just find endearing and probably why Nubia has had the fan base that she's had for so long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I love that there's uh, an Amazon who's a Black woman who has this like legacy that dates back to the 70s. Yeah. Even if she was missing for a long time, it's like... This is not new. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it's okay uh, because um, it's and it's kind of been a bit of a gift because, uh, you know, she has a history that isn't there, but maybe, but technically kind of is there if we make it so. Um, it's one right. that we have to unearth. So that's the unique thing about, uh, or what I found so far uh, working on Nubia is that, uh, because she's conveniently been sequestered away um, guarding uh, Doom's doorway, there's so much. Because it's like, well, she has always been there. You just haven't seen her. So to be able to kind of seed her in some things that um, has been going on on Themyscira for a long time or just kind of make it like she's been there, like if this is a lived-in experience that you're getting, um, has been fun and like I don't know any other characters that you would really get that with so um like does it suck that she was on the shelf for so long absolutely but it's really uh, made this like entire project just the most fun I've had in ever yeah yeah I, I, I imagine it's a really exciting creative thing to do. So for, for our listeners who are not as familiar, like what 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 exactly was she was guarding Doom's door? I, I've learned everything I know about this. I have learned <laughs> literally from reading your comic. So which to is, be clear. Which is fun. I, I, yeah, I, and yeah, I exactly. love that. Um, so Doom's doorway or the door uh, to, tar- to Tartarus um, is the essentially like this, this prison for beasts and monsters that... Uh, the gods and goddesses have deemed they need to be there and then also just pose a general threat to not only the, the mascara, but the entire world. 
Uh, so as depending on what run you read, um, this is either seen as a punishment or a great um, honor for uh, the inhabitants of Themyscira because they are essentially in charge of making sure that what is behind that door stays away. Um, now, they do have one champion because they have customs. Um, one champion that they crown whose uh, entire responsibility is to definitely make sure that it doesn't happen. And if something happens to escape, then they have to go track it down and either take care of it where it is or bring it back. So um, that was another interesting thing because, wow, this utopia is also, um, you know, this front for for this uh for this dungeon yeah yeah i i've heard so many people who like don't get wonder woman basically say well what kind of stories can you tell about the mascara which is like the utopian women's paradise and it's like there's a lot you can still do yeah. but it is complicated like you know like writing mm-hmm. to build tension in a utopian society <laughs> Well, and see, that's the thing, Um, because a utopian society is going to be that dependent on the perspective of its inhabitants. And that changes for folks. Um, And that's where the introduction or reintroduction of the Well of Souls because in Young Diana, which was something I read several times because Jordy did such amazing work in kind of really you know, helping to build the world, um, Diana's world and the things that informed her and why she is, why she is, why she is the way that she is now. Um, and also why some of the Amazons are the way that they are. Um, but with this well of souls, um, one (laughs) great way to introduce Amazons that do not all look alike, uh, but also to kind of create, uh, some built in tension there. So when Nubia comes out of the well of souls, she is the last one to come out for a very long time. Um, it does not open up again until, um, she becomes queen. So there's a connection there. Um, and in that there has been some tension, uh, for some Amazons that feel as though like we've been here for a very long time. We've got newcomers and because the Well of Souls is connected to man's world, there are some Amazons that are not so receptive to being open to that, to man's world in general, even though they themselves came from man's world to get to that, get to, uh, come through the well, but, you know, when you've been al- alive for so long, um, time and just things change. It's not the same. Um, and your opinions on things uh, change as well. So that was a way to kind of kind of see some tension and show that even though like this looks like a paradise, um, it still has its problems. And even though men aren't on this island, that doesn't mean that everything is OK. It's sort of like some women have made it through to paradise when they're trying to pull up the ladder behind them yeah. so that mm-hmm. other people can't have space there lest anything change. Yes. And I love that Nubia is sort of a symbol for the Amazons who are like, no, like, we're not going to pull up the ladder. You know, we are going to try to do what we can to have this place be open for everyone. Well, for women. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, can we can we do spoilers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so spoiler, um, and we'll try to mark this, but uh, in issue four, um, you know, that is kind of some of the, the conversation there uh, that Penelope, Bia, and Nubia have in regards to Medusa. Uh, 
And one of the reasons why I wanted to pick Medusa as, I guess, Anubia's big bad in this uh, was because I felt that she was a character that would challenge her. Um, Because now as queen, Nubia can't necessarily move the same way that she does um, when she was champion. Like, she can't punch her way out of everything. Like, maybe she could do that as queen, but that's not going to last very long. And you don't garner any real respect that way because um, the respect that you might get is fear. And fear has a, a time limit on it. Um, and I don't think you would want anybody respecting you um, out of fear in that way. So with Medusa, um, this monster behind Doom's doorway, she's compli- it's complicated. It's not, that's not, <laughs> that is not straightforward and that is not necessarily her story. So for her to have been cursed by the same goddess that also blessed the Amazons, like that's, that's a cause for conversation and for uh, Nubia to kind of think of some things differently. But B is the one to say, hey, if this island is for women who have been, you know, harmed in unimaginable ways and, you know, in man's world, why would she not still be worthy? So it's questioning those things um, and like what it means to be an Amazon and who can be an Amazon and like who gets to decide who gets to decide that. Speaking of who gets to be an Amazon, you have gotten to introduce a trans woman Amazon. And like mm-hmm. I said, like I suspect they've always just been there, but this is the yes. one where who's she's like announces herself basically. So that's yeah, Bia. Tell me more. <laughs> so uh Bia so again, like going back to um the Well of Souls and just thinking of the Cavern of Souls, um, created and introduced by George Perez, um, for, you know, his run of Wonder Woman and how the Amazons came to be on that island, that was one of the first times that I'd ever seen Amazons that it didn't look homogenous there. Like it actually looked Mm. like some other folks were allowed to be uh, on the island. So thinking of that and how to bring that to 2021, because I just thought it was just so beautiful, um, just very symbolic and um, just like on a divine level, like that's just a very beautiful thing to say. So Thinking of 2021 and knowing that subtext, like in subtext, like we know that trans women uh, exist on the mascara. If this was the time to go ahead and say it like just definitively and have that character yeah. exist outside of that subtext, um, that was just important. Um, like, you know, as well as I do, like reading so many comics, especially older ones, like subtext it has its place. Um, and for uh, a lot of folks, including myself, like that's all you had. So to now be in a position to like, make that not a thing, like just say like here, like, so you can go to this Wikipedia page and you see right here that this character exists and you don't have to go arguing and trying to pull, you know, panels and stuff like that to make your argument. You don't have to do that. Like usually the character is there and be very much deserves to be there. So, um, I was just so happy that, uh, you know, as soon as we told the editor, she was like, absolutely, yes, that that's a beautiful Woo-hoo. thing, so please do. What, what's the origin of her name? So Bia's name is um, based off uh, the Titan. Um, so I tried to kind of mm-hmm. keep within, like, Greek myth, but um, she is the Titan of strength um, and strong will. So also... Very not poet poetic, but there is a little John song. Then they say that a lot in the chorus, "Bia Bia," and that that was always a song that I liked when I was when I was younger. So I was like, "I yes. love it." 
Yes, we get to have a a, a path, a, a song from my youth, and then also like some Greek mythology come together to create this really amazing character who is uh, a new oracle on Themyscira. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love that. Like, basically, the first issue you have the new, the four new characters you got to create who are the newest women to show up on Themyscira after no no new people showing up for a very long time. And everybody's that like does that thing where they're like, okay, time to figure out what your skills are and like figure out what you're going to be doing with your time here since you have no recollection of your past at all. Um, and they go through you know physical tests, that artistic tests, and when they get to the uh, basically like the intelligence test it's this complicated labyrinth ball and everybody's basically having it explained how to work to them and bees already like i solved it yeah. <laughs> um is did you invent that's the labyrinth sphere concept because that looks like a really nice collectible <laughs> so no um so funny enough uh like so my dad uh, a lot of times when he would get like a last minute gift he would go to like a jc penny's and they would they would be in like the gift section is like this maze ball and I'm like, okay, this maze ball, I hated that gift because um, I got one one year and my brother got one and it's the worst thing ever because it's so frustrating. But I thought <laughs> um, like, yeah, this seems like something that they would have on the mascara because when it's it's old enough um, that it makes sense that that would be something that they would have. Um, and it's just so frustrating that I have this character solve it while everything's being explained and you have to believe that she's a genius. Also, like, you know, it's it looks cooler than Rubik's uh, Rubik's Wow. That is Rubik's true. Cube. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I it's also interesting because it's like in a context where people like don't remember anything about their lives before really, everybody sort of has this clean slate and, and is trying to understand their identity. It's a it's a it's a complicated place for the characters to be. Yeah. Um and I think that was uh, I found like a great opportunity to um, have Magala have um, like a vital role in this first issue and helping to like, kind of usher them through this um, in the same way that they that she brought uh, Nubia through the Well of Souls. I think of Magala as um, this uh, like a doula <laughs> to uh, yeah. the one with the mascara and because she is an Amazon who um, is more she she still ages slowly, but clearly faster than them. Um, I didn't want to like treat her like a like an old like that old crone type of situation. Um, because no, if this is an Amazon who has been around since day one, um, how beautiful for she to be to kind of like the keeper of some of these more intimate um, rituals and festivals. Um, and she's been tending to the well of souls for so long. Um, she had to have been thinking of like, hey, these are some things that if someone else comes through this well, like we can incorporate and do. So um, that was just another way to also include her in the story and show, you know, just highlight other Amazons and like the purpose um, that they serve on the island and to their community. Yeah, I, I am not a Wonder Woman expert. Um but you've done, like, there's so many characters in this uh, from the Wonder Woman ensemble. You know, I don't necessarily know which of them are brand new, which of them are longstanding and canon. But it's like a really full, complicated world in here. Yeah. Cause, and that was the other thing. Um, it was something that really couldn't be a shied away from because Nubia is 
the queen here. Um, and the way that I thought of it, if I'm like, if you don't really care for this island or you're not at least intrigued by it and the women that are there, then why would you care about her being queen? Like, what importance does that hold to you if you mm. are not interested in what she is queen of? So, um, like, I knew, like, there was risk in... Because <laughs> that's that's the unfortunate thing. Like, because we don't see these other Amazons so much or haven't seen them so much in the past, uh, it's hard to, like, put a name to a face. It's, it's in, like, the Bat family or any of that where, like, you know who's who. Um, for a lot of these Amazons, because they don't have prominent roles, um, you know, it was it was a risk in like uh, bringing in new characters and then other characters that aren't new, but you don't see that much. But I, I was like, hey, uh, we got a world build here, here because, again, like Nubia's queen. So you got to care about this world. And you show that it's fragile. Like, you have a body count. Like, let's not oh, yeah. say who, but, like, <laughs> there is a body count. I was not necessarily expecting that because you just think of the Amazon women as being, like, undying, really. Yeah. Um, you know, um, hey, again, Doom's Doorway is there. And Nubia, um, you know, wasn't champion anymore. And they hadn't they hadn't found a replacement yet. Um, not a permanent one, at least. And, yeah, um, yeah like, it's... Again, it's Paradise Island, but um, because of what what's in that basement, that, that isn't always the case. You know, in some ways, like Nubia's story of becoming queen is sort of like when you become when you become in charge of like an organization or and you you don't really know who's going to take care of what you were taking care of. And you have mm-hmm. this like guilt that you've moved up or moved to something else. Yeah. Um, and it's like hard to hand that over. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially um, when you know what what sacrifices have to be made of yourself um to make sure that everything is okay like yourself like you're okay but also um everyone that you are also still responsible for so in a way like nubia has been uh, responsible for um the women on this island as well as doom's doorway because essentially if you know she's making sure that nothing escapes she's also keeping them safe so um she you know she's had she's had some some experience in um, being a queen, just not like the diplomatic part, which we also needed to show in this book that, um, again, Nubia as champion, uh, of course, she would have to use like some of her wit, but a lot of it is, you know, skill and strength as a fighter. Um, As a queen, um, you got to move a little bit differently, especially when you have the type of villain that um, we have right now running around on the island because... She's harming other Amazons and one specifically who just came out of the well. So what do you do about that? <laughs> like you can't like yeah. you could just cut her down, but then you are, um, you know, taking the life of your sister. And that's just, is there another way? Yeah. I mean, like you don't want to have to have a character basically. Like, I don't want to think of her as having been a jailer because Mm-hmm. It, it's but like there's there's like a piece of that like and you want, yeah, you want I mean, there to be a better way yeah like but it's 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 kind of there because unfortunately um even like just just thinking of that uh even though like doom's doorway is i mean reserved for monsters and beasts but when you have someone like medusa that makes you kind of question that and then also when you think of nubia's role as champion of doom's doorway um there's a little bit of wardness to it. Um, and so, like, how do you contend with that? 
And yeah. that's something that we're like kind of exploring. But like, yeah, that was that was not fun. Uh, kind of, uh, you know, thinking of it in that way. But uh, unfortunately, because some of the stuff that's behind Dune's doorway is a little bit more complicated than that, then it's kind of like, well, ooh, how do we like how do we address that? Um, and that's been that was something that. Um, Felt daunting at first, but I'm like, no, this is important to uh, showcase Nubia's character. Um, and again, like show that depth uh, that again, like we know that Nubia's strong. We know that um, she's a skilled fighter, but there's a reason why she's been champion of Doom's doorway for so long. And for the longest, like that doesn't happen just because. Right, right. Well, I love that you do get to get her out a little bit. I, I don't really consider it a spoiler to say that. We get to see her hanging out with somebody. The yeah. somebody, I will remain nameless, <laughs> but we get to see her hang out with somebody in Chicago in the 70s, and that is a blast. Yes, um, I was so excited uh, to write that for so many reasons. Uh, one, because I grew up in Chicago, um, and it's always yeah. been a dream of mine to like include a home, my hometown in something, whatever I did, so... That was fun. And then also the location, she's at the Field Museum. Um, you know, complicated uh, relationship with museums now that I'm older. But, you know, when I was younger, um, I was just obsessed with the um, taxidermy exhibit. And then also, of course, Sue, uh, the T-Rex is there. So um, I, was, I thought I was going to be a paleontologist. So I spent a lot of time mm. at that museum just in those two areas. So it was really nice to incorporate that, some of the history um, that I know from so many field trips and seeing the one exhibit with the um, uh, the uh, man-eating lion- lions. That is not their names, but I'm blanking <laughs> on it. But the man, the man incorpor- to core, busting yes. three. Like, yes. Yeah. I was like, it, it was it, it was perfect. And I'm like, yeah, of course the man, man to core would like, magically appear in there. Um, so... That and I was watching Relic, a lot of Re- Relic. And you all haven't seen that. It's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it's a book as well that um, takes place in the film museum. Oh, okay. Well, I um, I definitely love the 70s outfits. I have high standards <laughs> of these things. Your your artist working on this book along with you and Vita is Aletha Martinez, who is a total legend. Yes. Um, what how, how, What's it like working with her? It's a blast. Um, also, I learned that Aletha does not like drawing horses. So I felt really bad. I didn't <laughs> learn that until after the fact, after Nubia issue um, two. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry when I had her like on the horse. But I thought it would be like really beautiful. And it so was, was really like, beautiful. But yeah, <laughs> yeah I was does, like, it's... I'll make it up to you. Um, because Aletha loves drawing, action, fighting, all of that. So I'm so happy that she bared with me. Um, so I'm like, unfortunately, like got to do got to build some tension, got to do some world building because it's Nubia, you know, and the Amazon. So got to feed two, two beasts. Um, so issue four, I was really excited about that because Nubia gets to go behind Doom's doorway and you get to see that. And Aletha had a field day. Um, there is one specific page um, with Nubia, uh, one of the um, mythological beasts that Nubia is fighting where I I want it framed um, because yeah, Alita just went all out. It's it's gorgeous. And I can't wait for you all to see issue five because if you think that was something, issue five for the first, I don't know, like 10 pages, it's just 
awesomeness. Yeah, it's a really beautifully staged fight scene. Um, I mean, there's so many really good character touches and designs. Like Nubia's hair is amazing at all times. Yes. I love the gold circlets that she has when she's being queen, like yeah. five of them. I <laughs> it's an amazing hairstyle. Her wardrobe has been her the wardrobe and hair has been immaculate. Um it's something mm-hmm. that I've always wanted um it's like if I ever if I ever do like a, a soups um comic series like I wanted the main character's clothing and hair to change and Alita was all on board for that um and as you can see like she's been showing up and showing out when it comes to that <laughs> and she has a great like lion motif going on which yes. is it looks like that'll be playing a role in some way in the uh, upcoming Amazonian Trail of the Amazons yes. massive crossover event. It will. So be on the lookout for that. It will because um, she's not the only one with a kind of animal motif. The Onamigdal have one. It's the wolf. And for the Escazita, it is the jaguar. And Diana is the eagle. So um, oh, really fun. Okay. Yeah, like it's really fun to just kind of play with like animal symbolism in that way um and like kind of attribute attribute some of those uh animal animalistic qualities and stuff to like these different tribes and how they go about things has been really fun because who doesn't love symbolism mm-hmm. it's funny because people are like anytime people try to be like wonder woman is wearing the american flag she's like i i'm not like <laughs> other other cultures who use eagles and things yeah um, which is true. Like, where do you think the U.S. got it from? Right. Well, you know, people like to yeah. give the U.S. way more credit than it deserves. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, you have you've been doing such great work building out this cast and the characters here. Um, Io is someone who I know has been like historically. I guess she'd always had like a big crush on Wonder Woman. So and now I she's know. so what's hilarious. Sorry, no, so like what's hilarious about that is that I didn't know that at the time. So my so my whole thinking with Io um was like I love a blacksmith. Um and mm-hmm. often like in some of these stories, blacksmiths end up getting the short end of the stick. Like everybody finds them hot and like, you know, they want to spend a little time with them, uh maybe one or two nights, but that's it. Um, so I don't know, like to me, Io being the blacksmith and Nubia is champion, they would see each other quite a lot. Um, that would be right. a way, that would be one of the relationships that a constant relationship for Nubia, not even just romantic, not romantically, but just platonic starting off because I would imagine like Nubia bringing her weapons to fix and Io making new stuff for her. Um, and then them just kind of, kind of bonding over uh, this weapon, weaponry and like, you know, finding out little tidbits about one another um, because Io to me would be somebody that, again, like Nubia would see frequently. So in that, um, I don't know, like, because I read too much romance, I was like, yeah, that, so Nubia's not guarding the door anymore, which means she's got a little bit more time. So where is she <laughs> spending that? And like, I know, I know there's chaos going on, on the island, but so what? Uh, is queen and she can make time for whatever she wants to but it was also great to just have a character there that Nubia could be vulnerable with um, and let her guard down with and again to me that made a little bit sense because you know often sometimes blacksmiths get treated like like the therapist in a story or something like that so um, because they that's a good point 
Yeah. yeah. So um, it just kind of, I don't know, like it just organically felt um, like to me that um, they would eventually have um, this romantic relationship. And it was just really important that um, this black woman had several people because um, Philip is someone else that she can, you know, they have a relationship, they have a friendship. Yeah. Um, so it was important for uh, for me to show that, you know, she is queen. She is all these things strong, but she also has a support system. It's not, she doesn't have to bear it all on her shoulders, even if she chooses to do so, which she often does. Well, I thought it was nice that like, Iowa doesn't have to just pine sadly anymore. No, I'm no, like, good, give Iowa a girlfriend. <laughs> give her yes, like the best Iowa deserves. <laughs> yes, Iowa deserves. She's been waiting, you know, and now she can have that relationship. And it's, yeah, it's really great seeing Philip as she is one of the Amazons who I know, you know, who I'm, who I'm more familiar mm-hmm. with because of her role as kind of being Wonder Woman's other mom. And, yeah. you know, well, she, yeah. More, uh, if you are a fan of the Philippus and Hippolyta ship, then you definitely should check out Trial of the Amazon. Amazons, because, um, yeah. Um, and I say that because it's some of the pages that I wrote. So Woo-hoo. definitely check, <laughs> yeah, check all that out. Um, but yeah, like, Philippus was someone else that I wanted to show that she can have a playful side because I have a teasing uh, newbie a little bit. And that was just another way to kind of show this, not only respect that she has for Nubia, but like a genuine friendship. Because, uh, you know, reading lots and lots of comics and just talking specifically about soup comics, uh, you don't often get to see Black women interact in that way when they're not mm. in the middle of a fight or like there is a crossover event or someone's like, you know, two teams, two different teams meet uh, and they get to interact with one another. But no, like I wanted to show um, like this, the friendship between like these two Black women who are like badasses, but you know, they... They also like they have a a friendship and a respect that um you know makes sense. We've just had too much time where there's like there's one black woman on the team, there's like one mm-hmm. Latino, there's one of everything, and there's not there's just too many white characters, and you don't really get to have enough characters who are people of color in relation with each other when that happens. No, and that's why like with the the um the new Amazons that were introduced, I was like, hey, listen. I I can't like can I just can everybody just be a woman of color that comes out of the well and again um, editor Brittany was like yes absolutely so um, even in that <laughs> I was like okay great so here we are well it's interesting too because like you have these new these new women who come through the well who don't really remember their past but there is sort of still a sense of people's like ethnic heritage. Mm-hmm. coming through and like the choices of clothing they're making and stuff yes. it's sort of subtle like how do you like characterizing that without having too much knowledge of like who you are or where you come from it's so i thought of it like this um so again like you know the amazons are still like learning about other cultures so i thought of magala um and it's like isn't explicitly said but i know like magala kind of saying well you know i want whoever is coming out of the world will still feel connected in some way to man's world. Cause she is still open to like the idea of man's world and that, you know, there could be some saving there. So for her to kind of be the one to, I don't like have them choose their garments and kind of say like, you know, Hey, like 
you may you may have you may be from from these people so like here you go and they kind of explore that so that was kind of also just another way to just make it very clear to folks um who are reading <laughs> this book that hey this is someone that you can associate with again like you don't have to go through subtext like i'm, I'm visibly showing you like hey like this woman is from this specific part of the world um so there's no guessing there yeah yeah it's really neat because it's like it, it seems like something that people might think you couldn't do but you you can like yeah you can still convey those things absolutely um so you know I, it feels like it hasn't been that long since we spoke and yet like you've written a lot of comics between now and then i know <laughs> what, oh what, have you, what have you learned as a writer over this process um that i mean i always knew that like um revisions and edits and stuff weren't bad but um i used to have like just this i don't know like this visceral reaction to them and not that i don't i think that's probably like a a school thing or something like that but Mm. in this it's been i don't know like i look forward to them because uh they are there to help the story be better um and also they've been a great learning tool um because i went back and i read my very first script and i was like really embarrassed as i was looking at it because i'm like what is this but the reason why my first script and my now six seven script or whatever looks so vastly different is because of a fantastic editor that i've had in Brittany holzer in out of giving me notes um and also vita as well that mm. i can learn and grow with that has been by far like the most rewarding thing of this whole entire experience. And also getting comfortable um, in my voice in this long form storytelling. It's very different from, you know, one page comic or like, you know, very short stories, which, um, you know, got very used to doing. So it's been nice to see that, like to see that I'm getting a better understanding of story pacing in how to make, you know, because there's got to be some exposition. Like, how do I make this more interesting? And what? how can I feed it to the reader um, through by leaning on the artists and their visuals to make this not feel like it's exposition, hopefully, and like you're just, you know, reading something and it's progressing the story. So that's been great. Um, I've also got a, a lesson in... You know, sometimes I'll wait for the art to come in because for some dialogue, you just don't know. And making sure that I put a note down for what I think I wanted to put there versus Mm. not putting anything at all. And then sitting there like, well, what the hell did I mean when I had like when I was writing this? Because now I don't remember. And then also, like, you're not done writing a comic until it's printed. Right. So being open to make an adjustment here and there that is going to make the story stronger and better and also to fit the art because that's very important. Um, it's a very it's a two way street. So right. um, when I get something back from Alita and I see why she took the artistic turn that she did because it made a little bit more sense than adjusting um, the script to make sure that it fits that because that she is just much uh, just as much as a storyteller as I am. So. Um, it's respecting that and, you know, being okay with uh, making some changes. Because at the end of the day, you just want the comic to be the best that it can be. Yeah, yeah. And you're still getting in. You're like, 
mm-hmm. I don't know if I would sound like memeable lines or like your your dialogue points that are kind of like like I was just looking and you know the the great moment when Nubia says while slamming down a person who shall be remain nameless the only thing I've lost is my patience yeah. <laughs> it's like you know you have these like punctuated moments of where like the specific words of the dialogue are particularly significant because it's kind of like quotable in those ways yeah. when she punches out that dude <laughs> and that's and that's been the funny thing too to kind of see folks you know um you know like i can see them going up for it on the timeline and thinking like well man like i did write that uh, but if only you knew how much i was fighting for my life while writing that um because dialogue is just it's hard uh hmm. because you don't realize how repetitive we are when we when we speak, but we are. But when you're reading it back from the page, it's like, oh man, this sounds terrible. And then also, uh, word economy and trying to get in and get out with what you need to say so that this beautiful art isn't being masked by these balloon bubbles. Um, right. I can't remember what issue it was, either the second or third one, but I think it was the third issue. And I should have known that this was going to be the case because it was probably the longest script out of all of them. And I'm happy that uh, the editor allowed this to happen because it gave me a visual for like, okay, this is why word economy is important. But there were a couple pages where it was just text. I'm like, this looks horrendous. So I had to go back through um, and do some edits and find, you know, like a better way to say something or to kind of get to the point. And that was a great lesson in that and something that I'll never forget. And I've been able to apply um, from each issue after that. Yeah. Yeah. It sometimes really does take till you see it on a page for something to click. Like, oh, oh. yeah, it's been really funny um, that... The story feels different from, you know, outline to uh, page by page to actually writing the script to seeing the script placed on a, you know, the PDF with just the lines. It hasn't been colored yet. To then seeing everything all at once colored with the lettering and all of that. And it just changes, Um, just changes in vibe. And again, this is why I say like, it's really important to be open to making changes that are necessary because sometimes stuff just, I don't know, something about seeing like the words on the page, the color, everything just kind of like, oh, wait, Uh, I think that's actually a little off. Like, let me change this a little bit so that it all clicks. I will always submit essays as Google documents because as soon as I'm done writing them, I and submitting them, I will then notice three things I need to change. Yeah. And hopefully <laughs> exactly. I'll have made those changes before the other person looks at it. Yeah, it's very much so that. Yeah. Hard to hit send. <laughs> it, it is sometimes. Um, but again, like, you know, it's uh, the great thing about this creative team is um, the amount of trust and knowing that, you know, no one's going to let you, um, you know, fall flat on your face. Like, you will have a few people, you know, catch it before that happens. Hmm. You mentioned earlier about, like, the importance of George Perez's, uh, and like, uh, run on the Wonder Woman comics. And it, it really was, like, a huge, a huge important, a hugely important series. And his work, he's really such a titan of, you know, art and writing in the industry. And 
Um, we've, you know, recently learned that he has cancer and it's terminal. Um, and so we've kind of are in a moment where a lot of people are like talking about the importance of his work and, you know, hopefully he's seeing a lot of his laurels before he goes, unlike, you know, people who die suddenly yeah. and don't really get to see the appreciation. Um, what 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 has your connection to his work been? Um, it's been really strong. Um, even prior to me going back through to read his Wonder Woman run, um, I got really close to his Teen Titans run. Mm. Uh, I started reading that uh, with Doom Patrol and just trying to. Um, I think I was writing a piece on Cyborg, so I just wanted to get some more backstory on him and the character uh, Ronnie Evers. So I ended up because yeah. I can't. Yeah, like, I can't just read one. I just can't read a, just one, a couple issues. Like, I usually got to read the whole thing. So in that, I was just in awe of not only his art, but um, just everything, the entire package. So seeing that translate again in Wonder Woman, and um, Wonder Woman, his Wonder Woman run is just so beautiful, beautifully written because... You know, you have the origin where Diana gets her name from Steve Trevor's mom and how she ends up on Themyscira and just kind of how beautiful that story is and Diana fighting her way back through Doom's doorway with the help of her mother. And also, uh, George Perez does a beautiful job of showing how passionate these women are for not only just Themyscira, but like each other. There's a moment where Philip is and Hippolyta fight and they don't want to, but they are so committed to their duties. Um, you know, Hippolyta as Diana's mom and Philip is as, you know, keeping the queen from out of trouble, basically, like keeping the queen safe, even from herself. And it's, it's, it's a short fight. It's like three pages long, but there's just so much emotion there. I'm like, yeah, like this is why Diana is the way that she is. This is why she's able to operate the way that she can in man's world. Um, this is why she is somebody who can still be compassionate, but also at the same time handle business when she needs to. Like it's all there. Um, hmm. This is why she loves as hard as she does. It has nothing to do with Steve Trouble Trevor. It comes from the women that she she that raised her. So, yeah, like, and I just, I just love that about his run. Um, you know, the first two volumes of it are just um, undeniable. Uh, so I got very close with that. And I wanted to bring that energy to Nubia and the Amazons because I just thought that it was important. Um, and that was the best way to kind of show people who Nubia is, again, by also showing the different facets of the women that are around her. So, I don't know, like his his work was just really pivotal um, in that. And I tried to, um, you know, have a homage or two because uh, we definitely had that with Nubia suplexing a uh, manticore mm-hmm. <laughs> in issue four um, and also kind of some of the Doom's Doorway stuff. So, um, yeah, like George Perez is just like that is a that is a comic titan. Yeah. He's someone who just really cared about like telling the story about these women in a way mm-hmm. that like he took it completely seriously. Yeah. Uh, not that there isn't like humor, but like you sort of get the sense that he understood the responsibility of that. And like, didn't, wasn't, it felt like some of the other people who had written it in re- the, in the years immediately prior to him were kind of mm-hmm. thought it was like ridiculous. 
oh, yes, I've seen those covers. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm going to take this seriously. Like, there is a woman superhero, and she comes from an island of extremely strong women. Like, this is a good thing. Yeah. Um, and they aren't just strong. Like, again, like, that just really showing um, their dynamics with one another. And some of that, those those politics, too, and the relationship with the gods. I thought that was important to kind of bring mm-hmm. that back um, because, again, um, something else for eventually, uh, I don't know, like to kind of have Nubia challenge uh, a lot of what she had subscribed to um, for so long. But I'm talking long term stuff, but it was very important to to bring them back. Awesome. Well, I really do think this is a great tribute, you know, to the work of folks like Phil Jimenez and George Perez and like, just, you know, like Raka and like all the the people who've done really great Wonder Woman stories recently. And I'm just glad to have more women, you know, being in that, <laughs> being in the driver's seat for that as well. Um, is nice to see. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I'm someone who uh, unfortunately doesn't really think that there is, you know, in, inherently bad comics out there. Now, bad stuff happens in them, absolutely. But, like, there are there are some good pieces and stuff to take from um, some stories, um, some foundational pieces and things that maybe didn't work then um, because they were a little half-baked. But now that some time has passed and the character has, you know, grown in different ways, like, you kind of go back to it and, um, you know, bring it back and explore it a little bit more. The half-baked can become the full-baked. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so uh, what what else are you up, you're up to with Trial of the Amazons? Like, tell us what, what, what is that for those who are not the kind of people who read solicits when they come out? So uh, Trial of the Amazons is the first woman, Wonder Woman uh, event crossover in decades. Um and we're going to see all of the different Amazon tribes get together. So for those that are unfamiliar, um, there are three Amazon tribes, uh, the Themyscirans. So they're all on Paradise Island where Anubia's queen. Um, you have the Bonabic doll who have Queen Atalanta, who is one of Balas' uh, sisters and uh, Queen Faruka. And then you have the Escazita where uh, Wonder Girl, not Wonder Girl, geez, um, Donna, not Donna Troy. Wow. Although Donna Troy is over there with them. Uh, oh, you have she Yara is. Floor. Yeah. So Lara Floor. Floor the new. Uh-huh. Yes. Isn't, but isn't she Wonder Girl now? But she's called Wonder Girl now or no? She calls it. No, else. it's just the book is, yeah, the book is called Wonder Girl, which is comics, right? Um, she's not being given the title of Wonder Girl yet, um, but she goes by um, Yara Floor. And okay. she comes from the Exodus tribe, which is just another tribe of Amazons. So they're all Amazons meaning, from the Amazon. Yes, yes. right? Because <laughs> that makes sense. Yes. Um, so they're all, um, so the Themyscirans and the Bonamigdal have met before. So that's not the first time, but it's the first time for all three of these tribes to be interacting with one another at the same time. And these are women who are, again, not only skilled fighters, but like, very passionate um, about like their customs, their beliefs and what they think should be happening um, with like what they're doing, like especially the mascarians because they have immortal or immortality. The Bonamigdal don't have that. Um, neither hmm. the Esposita. So like, why, why are you all the only ones? And that's because, and, um, because um, Atalanta, when she left, she renounced all of that and 
of course, started um, the the Bonamig doll. So there's things like there is stuff that has happened in the past between these tribes that has left bad blood. And they have to come together to uh, hopefully figure that out. Because if they don't, then this could be the end of the Amazon. So there are a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff happening in this crossover that has long term uh, ramifications. So it's not one of those like, hey, we're just getting together, um, you know, sing Kumbaya and then leave. Um, no, there's some stuff that that happens. There's a death, in fact, uh, that is pretty uh, pretty impactful. So. Uh, Trial of the Amazons is definitely something you want to check out. Uh, Nubia issue six is tied into that. And the entire Nubia ser- series ah. is um, kind of like this, this build up to this event. Interesting. That sounds exciting. And like, I, I think people are always really interested in stories where you have the different schools or the different tribes or traditions within one kind of fantasy setting. And people like to imagine themselves as oh, I'd be in this or mm-hmm. I'd be in that. And we're in a moment in history where I think people are finally no longer going to discuss their freaking Hogwarts houses ever again. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, I think it's interesting that because your your Wonder Woman book, as well as the um, the Phil Jimenez and Kelly Sudakonic sort of standalone Wonder Woman Histo- Historia book, are both sort of introducing houses, like, yeah, in, in your case, tribes, and there's like different, like I don't know what the word is in that book, but it's like houses or whatever, like, and that you can be like, oh, I want to be this one or I yeah. want to be that one, and not and, have J.K. Rowling have anything to do with it. Yeah, no, and that's just fun. Um, and also, just another way to kind of make sure that um, we're just keeping folks interested in Diana, and the only way to do that. And really, honestly, to pay attention to this this whole section of D.C. that um, is sometimes, you know, forgotten or underutilized. And like now's the time. Like, how cool is that for people to feel like, yeah, I would be a part of this group or that one. Like, that's just the way to keep the conversation going and for folks to want more more stories from these characters. Yeah. And it's interesting, like there's. There's a, there's a lot of, I, I, I guess somebody announced there's like some sort of fall of the Justice League thing happening. I like don't even know. I, I am not, I'm, I do not run a comics news website. And so it is not my job to know what is happening everywhere. Um, but it's nice that there's like this place that has been sort of carved out for really good Wonder Woman stories that are happening right now. I haven't mentioned on the show yet, but I don't know, oh, maybe I haven't. I don't think so. But the Wonder Woman Historia uh book is stunning oh um, so we're like phenomenal yeah we were in a golden age of wonder womanness you know yes um and we have like the i think the second historia book is out in the spring so i'm i'm like as soon as that is ready um like pdf to be sent off through your printed i please put that in the um in the in the uh, Wonder Woman uh, Dropbox because I need that expeditiously. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. It was, um, and it, it it all takes. It seems like it's basically taking place in the past, so you don't have mm-hmm. to worry about like continuity with. No, and it's basically the f- about the founding of the Amazons. You yeah, know? and that's the fun thing about Black Label. Like they get to do some really cool stuff. So I would love to write a Black Label story one day for any character at this point um but definitely a newbie one because we can really 
get all those all that cursing I can't do. I'll be able to do there. <laughs> she's she's speaking the cursing with her physicality as opposed yes. to with her <laughs> word choices. Maybe yes. Um, awesome. Um, it is there anything else coming out comics wise that we should be keeping an eye out for, whether by you or by a collaborator or just something you found? So. Me, yes, but I can't talk about it. Um, okay. I hope that I can soon. <laughs> uh, but there's more comic stuff on the way for me. So just be on the lookout um, for that in general. But um, for Vita, if you haven't read um, New Mutants yet, please go do that. Um, They're really doing good. some phenomenal work uh, with New Mutants. Uh, so check that out. And then also, um, I think it's Batman Urban Legends because um, they have a stories going because i think that's going to be more than one issue so check that out if you're a, a sauna fan then you'll be or santana um with with the magic as i like to call her um she'll be very hmm. uh, excited to um check that out and i think that's i've heard of- such good things about that series and i haven't had a chance to check it out but it seems like it's really attracted a lot of really cool or they've brought on a lot of really cool talent to work Absolutely. on it the batman urban legends and given them some freedom to do some cool shit yeah well thank you for joining me tell our listeners where they can keep up with your work so right now you can um either follow me on social media at steph underscore i underscore will and that's for tiktok instagram and twitter uh, you can also go to whystuff.com, which should be getting updated soon, as soon as I can share all the other cool stuff I've been doing. Woohoo! I love it. And um, periodically, you've been known to repost panels of your wonderful Living Heroes um, fan comic. And then whenever they show up across my feed, I always retweet them, like, unfailingly. <laughs> they make me smile so um, very much hopefully a season two is coming y'all we're just trying to coordinate our time because um aaron very rightfully so is busy good for good for aaron is yeah. it a project yeah. we can um no unfortunately nothing that's okay yeah but <laughs> like yeah and i think there was there was a graphic novel um that was announced i think sometime last year i'm blanking on the name of it and the author that she's working with but I'm pretty sure it is on Aaron's Twitter, but there's stuff. So please go check check her out and support her. Wonderful. And to our listeners, um, stay tuned. Uh, we will be doing such things in upcoming episodes of the podcast, including I will be covering Peacemaker with Spencer Ackerman. I'm very excited about that. Um, there are new episodes of Deep Space Dive being recorded soon, including one with a very exciting elected official, actually. And um, you can always follow me on Twitter, E-L-A-N-A underscore Brooklyn. That's Elana underscore Brooklyn. And as we like to say, keep it geeky.